1: hello everybody welcome to the ectoplasm show this is jason Kupsick, and today i have larry with me how's it going larry
0: pretty good how are you doing
1: good it's been a while since you've been on the show since we were at big rip i think
0: uh yeah actually well i think the last time was actually up at malvern Uh,
1: oh yeah that's right we did do some episodes when we were investigating a couple months ago at malvern
0: kind of got a little politicky. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we did. Well, not too politicky though, but um, we did a little bit. But anyways, you're going to be coming on the show more often now, at least once a month, if not more, to help fill in since Josh is super busy at the moment. How do you feel about that?
0: I'm excited. I've got a lot of stuff that I've always wanted to talk about, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about doing our own show several times, but I figured might as well get on here and keep this going for the time being. And if Josh ever comes back full-time, we can split off and do something separate at that time. Or even just a series within Ectoplasm Show. We might as well build the Ectoverse that I'm trying to do for, uh, for our audience so we can keep the show going. Speaking of the show... If you want to follow everything that the Ectoplasm Show is doing, go to ectoplasmshow.com. There you can find links to our Patreon, where you become a meat mate. And if you sign up at the $8 level, you will be part of Ecto Plus, where you will get... Our Paranormal News episode will be exclusive to Ecto Plus. That's me and Josh doing a month, at least one every month of our Paranormal News episode. And if you've been listening for a long time, you know what that is. We're moving that over to Ecto Plus. But we also will be putting out other exclusive content. I released the first episode of the Kansas City Bastards that I was a part of as an Ectoplasm Plus uh, exclusive content just last week. So if you sign up, you'll get to listen to that. There's also something else I'm very excited to get into, and I already have some contributors working on it. The first issue will go out on November 1st. It will be the Ectophiles newsletter, physical copy mailed to you every month. There's no way that could be censored. How do you feel about that, Larry? You gonna you gonna write something every month for us?
0: Absolutely, I think that's awesome. Uh, I'd even like to do like a, a little cartoon snippet. Like
1: that's fine. It's gonna be anything ghost kind of content, and you'll only get may, maybe in the future we'll we'll have back issues available for purchase. But if you miss out on the first one. It might be a while before you can actually get it so go sign up now before november 1st on our patreon it's eight bucks a month to get that and there's a lot more coming as far as other exclusive content we're going to put in an exclusive storefront for that as well so you could buy ectoplasm gear like shirts and and whatnot so if you can't do the eight bucks a month we completely understand there is a dollar level where you can just you know support our show at that and you'll get a shout out on the show if you really feel up to it i'm leaving the doctor's minions level on there for 25 bucks a month you get a t-shirt with my face on it and all the other good stuff so go check that out and while you're on the website, go follow the link to Podbelly, which is our network, our podcast network. We are founding members of Podbelly. On there, you can check out shows like Mindframe Podcast and Paranormal Punchers. I remember connecting with Paranormal Punchers before they joined the network. And there's several other shows on there. And there's also... All kinds of tutorials about becoming a podcaster on there for your pleasure so you can help learn how to to be a podcaster if you have any questions about that there's also a threadless store if you want to check out the gear we do have available and everything else all of our social media if you want to call or text us the number's 913-730-7255 and we actually do have a couple texts this time. Hey Jason, nice solo show. Your f- my favorite parts were the jokes and commentary you had while reading the info. Good stuff, man. We also got um, just a, I'm glad you're back after our 6-month break, which is great don't think we have any voicemails we do not but if we did we'd play them on the show so call or text that line now larry has been preparing this i feel like this is in the way i got to move my screen <laughs> larry has been preparing this topic tonight for quite a while we were going to do it on our show that we were going to do i believe what's the topic larry
0: So, I've always been interested in in UFOs and aliens and whatnot, and I I read a story a couple years ago about something I'd never heard of before, which is probably crazy because it's probably just as well known as as outer space UFOs, Um, but it was called a USO, an underwater submerged object. Well, it's definitely
1: not as well known Though it has been known for a while. Like they've been classified as that for, for a few decades, at least, if not longer. I have a few books on the shelf over here, I think, that deal with that, at least one or content that do from vintage, like 60s and 50s. But it's definitely not as well known or talked about. And in fact, I, I believe there are now a ton of stories of crafts that are both.
0: Yeah, I've I've come across quite a few of those, and I'll, I'll just start off by saying I'm not an expert on this subject.
1: Um, well, nobody's I've, an expert, right?
0: Exactly. I've done a little bit of research and found some um, cited instances about the specific type of uso that I was wanting to talk about that intrigues me tonight. Yeah. That doesn't mean that those are the only cited or known cases of these things being spotted or or seen. They're just ones that I've come across. Sure. And upon doing more research on the specific instances that I've found, I've come across some very other interesting correlations that we'll talk about later on in the show. But the specific type of, USO that I was interested in talking about tonight is something called an aquatic wheel. I don't know if if our listeners have ever heard of anything like that or if you've heard of stuff like that before. So
1: are you talking about where it has spokes and whatnot? So I haven't necessarily heard about it underwater, Um, not that I could think of, but I know that Josh has personally seen that type of UFO in the sky. Really? Yes.
0: That's Awesome. It's one
1: of his like original um, UFO type sightings. I don't know how old he was. I can't remember. And we've told it on the show before. I don't remember. But um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that they're seen in the water too.
0: Yeah, and it's it's uh, when we get into some of the cases that I'm I'm going to talk about later. You you start to see patterns emerge that are both very intriguing and when you're dealing with ufo sightings a lot of them they're they're almost like in in the the blink of an eye that it happens or people don't really remember they they remember specifics but they don't remember specificity of those specifics if that makes sense like they'll they'll realize or they'll remember that hey it was a triangle shape and i saw blue and green lights but When I get into some of these cases, it's Mm -hmm. interesting. I mean, even 150 years ago when some of these things were seen, they were around long enough for the sailors and the boatsmen to quantify how wide their diameter was, how long it took for the single rotations, how long the spokes were. Um, And and that just fascinates me because it's, it's almost like Either they wanted to be seen, or they didn't realize that, you know, there were people out there in the ocean that could see them. Yeah. And they stayed around longer than normal. I just I just find that interesting. I know it's probably not, as interesting to some people, but
1: I think it's interesting to our audience for sure. So let's let's get right into some of that. What's 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 the? I didn't I didn't prepare anything for this episode. So it's all my commentary on on uh, what you have for us.
0: So I found probably in my research, I found probably ten to fifteen different sightings of what are are considered aquatic wheels. Now they don't they don't always necessarily start out as wheels in the case files that I found. Usually a lot of the times they'll appear as, as other objects like parallel bars oh. or lights or just You know random fogs but as time goes on they form into these mysterious almost perfect wagon wheel shapes with spokes radiating from the center um one case that i found was they weren't perpendicular uh straight spokes but like curved spokes from the center Uh almost almost like a fan wheel
1: or like a engine like a jet engine or
0: like a jet engine yeah exactly
1: i guess those are usually straight uh, i don't know that for a fact
0: so i mean i've i found cases all the way back from the the mid 1800s all the way up to like 1981 1991 so i mean they've been hap- they've been being seen for quite some time but they're just not as well documented or mm-hmm. they don't happen are seen as often as like a normal UFO or USO are. Um, so I guess we could just start off with the with the first one that that I came across was in the straight. So pay attention to where I'm. I'm I this. see you
1: have a, a map there. Yeah. We'll we'll put a po- photo of that on our Facebook page and other social media so people can can uh, follow along online on
0: our social media. But yeah, go ahead and. So pay attention, I guess, to where I'm saying that these things occur, because you'll start to see a pattern trend. Um, the first one that I came across was in February of 1977, which wasn't really that long ago. No. But it was in the Strait of Malacca, or Malacca. Where's know. that at? It is kind of in, like, the Mediterranean area near the Red Sea. Okay. Um, and it was on the, S- the, the shipmates of the SS Cardigan.
1: Like the sweater,
0: yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. So they noticed that they could they could see a uh, a very giant aquatic wheel under the water that was thirty feet. uh, The spokes were ten feet long, but they were thirty feet apart. So if you if you think about it, that's a that's a big ass wheel. Um, and that's that's not the biggest that we'll come across. They were
1: 30 feet apart.
0: The spokes were.
1: But only 10 feet long. Yeah. The, so the dimensions of that.
0: Doesn't match. Doesn't make the sense, The center it? would have to be. Ginormous.
1: Are they talking about the, the outside is 30 feet? So that maybe there's only four spokes?
0: Yeah. So the outsides of the spokes were, were 30 feet apart from one another along the diameter.
1: But if they're only 10 feet long, they'd have to be kind of – if if they come together at the center, or unless there's some, a space in the center, they would have to be they only have, like a couple of spokes.
0: Yeah, and they didn't really specify like how many spokes there were. Okay. Um, they did specify that it, that it was just one giant circle with spokes, so I don't think there was another circle within okay. the circle. But that's a very good point. Um, and it lasted long enough that they were able to calculate that an entire revolution – of the circle spinning took around 20 seconds. So when you think about it, 20 seconds doesn't sound like a very it's a, long time. Well, it's a while. It's, it's a very slow turn. Um, and after, after a while of them witnessing it, it turned into uh, parallel V shapes that went under the ship, submerged and went under the ship, hmm. came back up on the other side and reformed into the spoke circle. And then just disappeared. They have no idea what it was. Didn't go up,
1: go down, just... Just just disappeared.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. So then we move on to another case. This one, the location was unknown in 1907. And the members of the SS Delta with... uh,
1: That's a much better name than the SS (laughs) cardigan.
0: Oh, some of these names are quite hilarious. And I actually had to... I like to look up how to pronounce some of them because I didn't understand how they were pronounced. Um, But an officer, uh, S.C. Patterson, on board the ship noticed a giant whitish-yellow spoked wheel under the surface that was 600 yards in diameter, according to his calculations.
1: That's a long way. So so how did... I wonder does it explain how they did the calculations because 600 yards is, is a long 600 race. or 6 football fields. You're not seeing that far in any detail especially with choppy water. I, and especially they must in 1907 have been following it. Or I, they I, went around
0: it? I would assume that they were they were moving and it was moving perpendicular to them and they could they could tell like, you know, Mm. How long it took for certain distances because if it's a wheel,
1: right and it's mm-hmm. 600 yards,
0: you when you are at
1: the apex of it, well, it's not an apex because it's a curve, but it, when you're at the center of it, those other edges are at least 300 yards back.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: so it's hard to judge that. I don't know how they figured that out unless they went
0: around it or yeah, I don't know. yeah that's that's very possible that that's how that how it happened. Um, he he just he just uh mentions that he notices it appear and then like the other disappear. Hmm. Didn't fly off, didn't submerge. It just like fizz, fizzed away. Yeah. Um, the next one was also an unknown location. Um, in nineteen oh nine, and it was the steamship Bintang
1: Bintang
0: with Captain Gabe. Who How's this spelled? B i n Hang,
1: like the drink,
0: <laughs> like the drink, um, and Captain Gabe was the one who witnessed this uh, incident. He witnessed a. He only was so. This one was interesting. He was only able to witness half of a wheel. The wheel was so large that it was on the horizon, and he couldn't see how far it went.
1: So could this have been some kind of effect of the sunlight hitting the water?
0: That's one of the things that I looked up, and I've never heard of anything like that happening with such clear...
1: Well, if you got to think, unless it's super still, you'd have to be up pretty high to get the scope of even the 600-yard one, exactly, let alone yeah. this. And, yeah, maybe you're if you're at the top of the crow's nest or whatever on a ship... I guess in the 70s it wouldn't really be a crow's nest but i don't know the height of any given ship where you're up there it's
0: only about especially
1: well well i mean like aircraft carriers are much higher oh yeah, yeah, yeah but even then it's still only a few hundred feet how are you getting that perspective i'm just trying to imagine myself there picturing that do they describe I guess obviously you read through the descriptions. I wonder how the physicality of it looked. Did it look metal? Did it look wood? Did it look like energy? Did it look like... So that was that was. Was w- it under waves? Like what? What were the conditions of the water too? I I want more
0: information. No, I, I agree <laughs> with you, and and that was that was one of the hard things about coming across these stories. They don't really. Detail any of that stuff. They just they de- detail like the size of the wheel, the colors in some cases, but uh, water currents, a wave uh, forms, you know, appearance of the the wheel itself, whether you know what type of object it looks like. They never explain that, hmm. which I find intriguing too, because you would. Well, think it could
1: it, just be they wrote down anecdotes. Maybe it happened so fast they didn't.
0: But you would think if they were able to like calculate like how wide and stuff was and were, they would be able to see some sort of like resemblance to an object. Maybe it was they, scurvy. Maybe it was scurvy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's possible.
1: I mean, I I don't disbelieve in these stories. I just there's a and I, and I you know it's the same with any kind of stories. There's a big lack of information on a lot of this. Yeah, and it could be because that they don't. They just didn't want to be overly judged by the information. Or this was all that they were willing to put down in some kind of account where really they had more details that never made it to paper or whatever.
0: That's that's highly possible, too. I, I mean, I, I looked into all sorts of stuff. Um, lanternfish that we'll get into later. Um, and
1: Those are big, but they're not
0: that big. Well... When you, if you think about schools of them, they can get quite large, and their characteristics in schools are resemblant to some of the cases where they spin in either a clockwise or counterclockwise um, condition. And if, if they're conglomerated enough and certain parts of the, the school itself are dissociated from the conglomeration, it could look like a gap in the circle um giving you that that look of like spokes um but some of these cases um especially the one that we'll get to uh later on which was relatively recent mm-hmm. they actually thought that it could be some sort of phosphorescent um algae or yeah. something in the water or organism in the water causing this and they took water samples and nothing showed up. Huh. So I found that intriguing yeah, as well. definitely. So we have another one in 1970 that happened in the South China Sea.
1: Oh, lots of stuff going on in the South China Sea right now, but we, we promise we're not getting into politics. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and sip my pumpkin pie moonshine and let that one go.
0: <laughs> this was on the merchant vessel Border Shepherd. Pretty badass ship name. Um, this one started out like I told you. This one started out as parallel bands, but this one started out where the bands were uh, visible above the water. Oh, okay.
1: Did it like fold down and it, become a wheel?
0: It it yeah. So they the 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 parallel bars never actually touched the water, but they they twisted and formed into a clockwise rotating light wheel. And then, okay. just, and then just disappeared
1: huh. it's weird that they just disappear rather than taking off to me so far it sounds like these are less like craft and more like some kind of portal or something
0: that's possible too yeah. but
1: yeah let's keep going and see what else there's
0: so the next one that I came across was in 1880 in the Indian Ocean so I mean if you think about it we're we're still relatively yeah. in that same little there's no,
1: uh, there's no Caribbean wheels.
0: Nope. Not that I came across. Huh. Um, this one was on the steamship, and this is where I had to get pronunciation, Shah Jahan. All right. And it was Commander Harris that witnessed this occasion. That's...
1: So... Was that an English person... Is that a what? Where's does it say where the ship is from? Because that sounds like a very like a very Persian, or... per, like a like a cultural name for a ship, but Harris is at the helm, which is not. But that doesn't mean that you know there aren't English surnames in cult in, in like Indian type countries.
0: That's, I'm just curious, no, that's a very, where most of
1: these ships are from, like. The USS ones; those are U.S. ships, right?
0: Yeah, and we have HMS ships. HMS in
1: there. HMS is the Queen's ships. Mm-hmm. Um, Her
0: Majesty's ship.
1: Yeah, but that could be India, or you know, because the you know the the um, you you know, know, England was uh, overseeing all those countries at that time.
0: Yep. It, so I didn't really look into. I sh- I sh- that's a good point. I should look into seeing where some of these ships originated from. And looking more into the background of the individuals that
1: maybe that's information you could put in the, the uh, ecto files.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. I need to do that tonight. So this one was kind of odd. It didn't start out as a certain certain pattern. He saw a streak, a bright streak of matter, flash across of the matter. That's what. That's how he described it. Huh. Uh, flash across the the water, and then immediately turned into a spoked, a giant spoked wheel, and then disappear.
1: So was it a spoked wheel above the water, or was it under the water? It,
0: it didn't say. It uh, sounds like
1: that one was above the water.
0: Yeah, I would assume that one was above the water, because yeah. um, a lot of the ones that are in the water, it'll it'll say like submerged and mm. went under the ship, um, but it didn't really say in that. Case file okay. that I found. Um, the next one in 1910, again, the South China Sea, was aboard the steamer Valent Jin. V A L E N T J I N.
1: Oh, so that has a metaphysical name in and of itself.
0: Yeah. And in it was case. Captain Briar, like Briar's Breyer. ice cream. Yeah. He noticed uh, spinning on the horizon a clockwise spinning wheel that lit up the water's surface. So, it didn't say that it was actually on the water, but it lit up the water's surface underneath. Okay. And then disappeared. <laughs> so, it's huh. it's very interesting, like you said, that we don't see any of them submerge or take off. The next one was in 1953 in the Gulf of Thailand. Right. Aboard the merchant vessel Rafaela, Just like the angel. I think there was an angel Rafaela, wasn't there? I'm not sure. Just like the Ninja Turtle with an A. <laughs> um, this one was interesting. The... The witnesses on board this ship noticed three overlapping luminous wheels with curving spokes, like you mentioned, like a, a jet engine or a fan. Yeah. Two of them spun clockwise, while the other one spun cl- uh, counterclockwise, while the other one spun clockwise, each rotating at specifically 20 seconds per rotation. Huh. So, this one to me sounds like some sort of engine or some sort of vessel that it was being powered by. um, And then it just disappeared. So again, they didn't say that it took off or submerged. The next one was in 1995 in the Persian Gulf aboard the British Reliance. I'm assuming that's a British ship. (laughs) Um, this one uh, they witnessed blue phosphorescent wheels 20 yards in diameter and 12 inches 12 inch thick spokes rotating above the ship above the ship above the ship so there's
1: nothing in the water this time
0: nothing in the water this time they noticed all this happening above the ship and then just disappear Again, in 1982, in the South, in the China Sea, not the South China Sea, aboard the Siam. I'm assuming that's a Chinese vessel. It didn't really say, it just said Siam. East Asian, for sure. This one, again, they witnessed two sets of parallel bars rushing towards the ship underwater, then changed right before hitting the ship into three wheels, was spokes reaching all the way to the horizon.
1: So another one that's the horizon thing. Exactly. Sounds like some sort of effect to me, a light effect rather than a physical thing.
0: And and that's the other thing. None of these really specified what time of day. Was it nighttime? Was it daytime? So if it was daytime or, you know, sunset or sunrise, there could be a very high possibility that this was some sort of uh, trickery of the light hitting the water.
1: You would think that they would see it more often and know what it is.
0: You would think so, yeah. I don't know. But it's just like the Green Flash. Have you ever heard about the Green Flash?
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's real.
0: I've seen it. It's not as spectacular as one... like It's not like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they say, uh, you know, you see like this shooting star go all the way up to the, the sky. At, at a certain point, if you're lucky enough to see it, when the sun just hits right before it's going to go down below the horizon you see this very bright green there's, blip
1: there's photos of it it's kind of just a reflection off of something
0: exactly yeah it's nothing spectacular trust me um, so the next one was in 1879 again in the Persian Gulf aboard the HMS Vulture and this was seen by Commander J.E. Pringle, just like the chip. And he witnessed a pair of wheels, forty, which he says were 40 yards in diameter, spinning above the surface of the water, turning in opposite directions with rotations that lasted five seconds apiece. Hmm. So, again, um, no indication of it taking off or submerging. This one didn't say that it disappeared. He just It just stated that he witnessed this occurrence. Again in 1880, in an unknown location aboard the steamer Patna, Captain Avern witnessed an enormous luminous wheel on each side of the ship, 16 spokes each that were 250 yards in length, and the, the the two circles spun around the ship in conjunction with one another. So, um, that, I don't really know how to explain. Yeah. Because um, it, it was like they were in sync with one another, so maybe they were attached to a, a, a bigger vessel of some sort. In 18... 18- 1983 my my apologies in the gulf of oman oman i don't really know how to say that word um aboard the mv masuri chief officer p newton experienced parallel bands of bluish green 5 yard wide and 150 yard long giant spoked wheels spinning around the ship again no mention of if they were in the water above the water taking off
1: do any of these interact with the ship in any physical way
0: not that i've come across no okay that's another that's another good good thought cuz you you would think if they were wanting to be seen or they were wanting to let themselves known that or if they were close enough to the ship that some jackass would have tried to reach in the water and <laughs> try to touch it or something, you know? Well, yeah, or I even mean, if would've.
1: it was indifferent to the ship, you would think that if they were physical in any way, they would affect the ship.
0: Yeah. or, or the crew if members.
1: spinning or, or, or whatever.
0: The next one was in 1959 in the Indian Ocean. The ship or person that saw this was unknown. It was just a, an article in a uh, a journal somewhere, where flashing parallel bars, eight feet wide in the water, turned into two rotating wheels on either side of the ship, one clockwise, the other one counterclockwise in rotation. Huh. Now knowing that, not knowing what ship or person saw this, it's a little hard to identify. And research more about the instance, but it was it was noted somewhere. Who, huh. If if it's yeah. true, who knows? Again, and this is the the most recent in, that I found in 1991 in the Gulf of Aden, A D E N, aboard the Wiltshire. British for sure. Yeah, uh, numerous light wheels with a milky white center were noticed the largest was 15 meters wide. This was the one that I read that they took samples of the water to make sure that there was nothing in it. No
1: mention on any of these at what time of day it was. Exactly. you think that if it was in a ship's log of some kind, it would mention date and time.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have Unless to look. Unless
1: it's in personal journals and whatnot.
0: Now, I do have specific dates for some of them, but I haven't been mentioning them. Like yeah, no, before. it's okay. But. Um, so, if someone were, uh, I'll post the list, or we can take a picture and post mm-hmm. the list if anybody's interested in looking into these even further to let us know what they've come across. Because um, I would be interested to find out what other people think or, or find. But the last one, oh, I'm sorry, this is the most recent one that I found in 1996 in the Arabian Gulf aboard the. <laughs> Jesus. Ara Bia, A R A B I Y A H. Huh. I probably just butchered that name. Mm. Um,
1: Doesn't matter on this show. <laughs>
0: uh, phosphorescent rings originating from a single point, spreading out in spokes that were five hundred yards long, rotating clockwise, was witnessed by crew members. Again, no, no indication whether it just disappeared, took off, submerged. Um, we have, I have no idea. So those were the instances that I've found um, of this specific type of USO sighting. I'm sure there's hundreds, if not thousands more, that have been documented that I just haven't come across.
1: Mm. I did a s- quick search to see if there's any images, and all that pops up are just rims for cars. <laughs> so I don't know, I mean, I mean, that was just a quick nice. Google search. But yeah, I mean, I couldn't find anything quickly.
0: So so the interest is, go ahead.
1: Before we go into any more any more detail about, off the top of your head after looking through this stuff, where's your head at on this? Like, what what do you think it might be or is?
0: My personal opinion is the fact that a lot of these they were able to get some sort of quantification on length and size according to what they think the the size and stuff were. I don't think it's some sort of hallucination. I don't think it's necessarily alien in nature. Yeah. It could be some sort of natural phenomenon that we just don't understand. Yet, because I mean, we really don't know ninety percent of the shit that's in the ocean mm-hmm. or below the ocean. I mean, it could be like you said, some sort of portal. I have no idea. And we—that we'll, we'll, doesn't very... seem
1: like they do much. Like they're there and they're seen, but they're not. What happened? What the? F- what happened?
0: I just saw a giant, like, black circle under your like move around under your table.
1: I don't know. You're not drinking was, anything.
0: No, it was like this big.
1: Well you you've seen that before. Oh scared late. me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: anyways what I was saying was it it doesn't seem like there's any real interaction with it. They're not really doing anything except for being there, maybe spinning, but they're not According to that, they don't describe if they're affecting the water in any way or the ships in any way. They don't describe any wind if they're out of the water. It's like they're not infecting the environment. They're just there.
0: And I would be interested to do further research to find out if, if any of the members aboard some of these these vessels after their charter had anything happened to them or any sort of illness or ailments or, or anything like that because that might lend more towards, it might have been some sort of physical object yeah. uh, interacting with them. But I'm I,
1: going towards portal. Are you? Yeah. I mean, just Was from the guess? quick descriptions, it's more metaphysical than physical, more some kind of energy spinning around doesn't it might even be natural?
0: So what are what are your thoughts? So most of these, oh, well, actually, all of these. Well, they actually kind of all line up a little bit north of the horizon. The the, oh shit, what's it called? Equator. Equator. Thank you. <laughs> um, which means that the currents rotate clockwise.
1: Not always.
0: Not always. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I you would have to dig into so here let me see your map I know this doesn't play well for the listening audience but this ocean the Atlantic Ocean the current spins this way so the warm waters come up but this one, is all above the equator, spins opposite. Cold water comes down. That's why California Beach's water is cold, but New York Beach's water are warmer than California Beach water. Okay. So these spin completely opposite directions, and they're both north of the, the equator. equator. This, except for the ones where you talked about on the horizon, they're small. So they could be spin in any direction. It's not like toilets where... They spin one direction above yeah, yeah. the That's equator what and one about. direction below okay. the equator. There's too many factors affecting in, if there's a whirlpool in the ocean okay. than just where the equator is. So,
0: well, there's sea there that blows that theory.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is all compact to this one region. So... Um, it's not a... I mean, the Indian Ocean is a big ocean, but it's not a major ocean. I guess it is. It's just not thought of by people in the United States as a major ocean. It seems smaller than it, it actually is.
0: So after charting these, I started to to think about uh, two things. One thing that you kind of got me interested in a couple of years ago, which were ley lines. Mm-hmm. And those are the pink ones that you see on the map. Yeah, And then fault lines, natural uh, plate tectonic fault lines of the Earth's crust, which are in the yellow. I'm not really well, these familiar. Are all
1: like around, but with that's like, hundreds. That's a hundred miles. Yeah, I mean, but a small map. But this so.
0: is one of the biggest intersecting ley lines mm-hmm. that they all converge at uh, on the map, like the one that's that's uh, down south in in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too familiar with like. The explanation of ley lines and how to read them. So, I mean, maybe I was wondering, maybe you could like talk about that a little well, bit. Ley
1: lines is something we can definitely go into on a future episode. But basically, ley lines are lines of energy, the lines of energy that go around of our our planet, and they intersect in several places. And there's lots of places where twenty, you know, a dozen, couple dozen of them all intersect at once. But a lot of churches and you know old ritual sites and even towns were laid out on these and it was because of the energy in the ground they don't it it's not like the ley lines follow the churches and the ritual sites it's the other way around it's people connecting with the ley lines to build structures in some areas of the world, it's as exact. You can follow these ancient temples and ruins directly over these energy lines. Interesting. And there's even some thought that a person on one side of the world can connect with a person at a spot on the other side of the world. If they're on major connecting ley lines, they can speak to each other. Spiritually.
0: Almost like a spiritual walkie talkie.
1: Yeah, sort of. Interesting. God, you love the eighties so much, don't you, Larry? I
0: do.
1: <laughs> um eighties <laughs> and early nineties, but Is but that what yeah, they're so called nowadays? Walkie talkies. Yeah. I don't know if anybody uses walkie every kid has a fucking phone.
0: That's true.
1: So they don't need walkie talkies. Yes, that's true. I have the blue walkie-talkie over there. That's a you know a remnant from our drunken your drunken <laughs> trip to the desert.
0: Oh yeah, you found that. I was looking all over. Was in the place that. camping stuff. Yeah, that was a that. So that what's was that other thing
1: you got over there?
0: So, so this is I, I was looking into lanternfish. Yeah, and how they they work, and basically, um, so the lanternfish.
1: The reason why is the reason why did you look into it before you get into them themselves. Uh,
0: I I wanted I wanted to to know if there was any sort of biological explanation for people seeing something like this. So I I I started looking up you know phosphorescent mm-hmm. creatures in the yeah. ocean, and I came across mycophids, which are are lantern fish. Most of
1: them really deep, right? Though I mean they can come up for certain when certain things happen, but most of them are below the light line.
0: Uh, the big ones are. There's a, there's a lot of species of tiny ones that are in, like, you know, like a 100-foot water. Okay. Um, th- but they're very tiny. Okay. So, I mean, there would have to be millions of them in a school
1: mm-hmm.
0: to to witness <laughs> some of the sizes of wheels yeah. that these people were d- d- describing. Um, but looking into the, the mycophid species, um, a lot of them do a lot of the 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 shallow water species i found do originate in the same specific area that these sightings have occurred okay and they they swarm in schools they they i don't know if you've ever seen a school of fish how they like they swirl mm-hmm. almost like a rotation yeah so it's a bait ball yeah basically yeah, so I mean, it is possible that they're seeing giant, I mean, billions of tiny mycophid lanternfish. It's weird that together. they disappear immediately. Like, that's nowhere, that's another though, thing, too. yeah.
1: Maybe they run out of energy or and stop flashing all at the same time or glowing at the
0: same time. Whale ate them, I don't know. <laughs> but you would see the whale. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, it's a possibility, but it's, it's a very slim possibility in my books that that could be what people are seeing, All right. especially the ones that where they're seeing them above the ship or, yeah. you know, or floating above the water. When you talked about portals, I thought it was interesting because most of the, on the map here that I, I mapped out, most of the occurrences happen roughly around like the red sea area. Um, the Gulf of Omen, you know, the South China Sea, all that kind of stuff. And they they correspond with major ley line intersections and ley line occurrences. And when you look at um, the plate tectonics, the uh, plate lines, I guess is what they're called. Fault lines. Fault lines. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> Fault lines. Come on, Larry, you're a scientist. Um, I mean, biologist. You was,
0: see them. A major fault line runs along where most of these are seen too, and I got to thinking, you know, maybe it's not necessarily biological in nature. Maybe it's it's gases. Well, there's also
1: there's gases that could be released underwater. There are also there, there. I think the term is called earthquake lights. There are lights that are seen during earthquakes in coming from the ground. Really yeah I I, I I can't remember all the details off the top of my head, but I have heard of them before. There are definite lights that have to do with tectonics that have been witnessed. I don't know if they're officially scientifically noted, but they are definitely seen and reported tied to earthquakes and tectonics. so huh. but that's deep underground yeah so I mean they would have to be it might flash above the surface of the bottom of the ocean but to carry up to the top and to stay lit for a long period of time especially for some of these to map out how big the thing was doesn't make as much sense
0: well and and if they truly are gases from thermal vents or fault line fissures you would expect the gas to bubble at the surface right? Are, uh, you would expect to see bubbling or yeah
1: or, also i know that there are some phosphorescent gases but how long do those last how do they how long how bright do they emanate their light and can they survive in water
0: and can they change shape move around and then reform a shape that they've already taken
1: the the round of it is one thing but the spokes are a completely different thing because if it's just expanding like you blow smoke in the air to do a circle and blow it out it's ever expanding but it stays in a circle you can do a ring bubble underwater and it'll travel in a ring up but there's never like the the physics the the uh, hydrodynamics of holding the spokes in a bubble i don't I don't know if that's possible I don't off the top of my head I'd say that I've never heard of that being a thing or seen photos of anything
0: like that is it possible um this is another thing I thought of is well, it- you can't
1: ask me if it's possible because everybody on our listeners know what my answer is my answer <laughs> is everything is possible
0: do you think? that some sort of light play from moonlight reflecting off of clouds in the water could create I some would, sort of, I would like say
1: that? that that's possible. I would say that that's, that could be happening, but my argument against that would be the same as my argument as a hunter that spends hundred hours out in the woods, his whole life hunting and he sees Bigfoot and everybody tells him it's a bear. If he lives in that area, he hunts in that area, and he sees the wildlife in that area all the time for his entire life, he would unless it's rare to see a bear in that area, he would know what a bear looks like. Yeah. These seamen, yes, I said seamen, <laughs> they for most most likely, especially the older cases, they probably spend their entire life out there yeah. on the ocean.
0: Yeah, that's that's true.
1: It would be a very rare phenomenon that would have to happen to be something that they haven't seen. Yeah. And for it to last, that's the thing. Light, even with the moon, it doesn't last long. No. A weird refraction, refraction, especially with, like, waves and currents and everything that the motion of the water does, if it sits in one place for a long period of time, it's not light bouncing off of it in a weird way.
0: Yeah, I get you. That makes 100 percent sense the only other thing i could think of that could possibly be an explanation for this in the non-supernatural non uh the explainable scenario would be something that you brought up earlier which was some sort of illness like scurvy um mass, I don't, hallucinations. mass hallucinations exactly. I don't know the specifics of scurvy I mean i I, just, I don't I just said scurvy,
1: yeah. but scurvy is a deficiency of vitamin C. I don't know what happens when you have it
0: exactly I don't either but but it it could be you know hallucinations from dehydration from being out on the sea for too long.
1: You would think that that would be noted though, especially by someone on the ship it also most of these don't say how many people see it right no. Yeah. So, I mean, we have no real basis on that. You know what I think it is? What? The Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters? symbol. <laughs> the ocean ain't afraid of no ghosts.
0: Are you excited to I've see it? I've never played...
1: I, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the previews of it, to be honest
0: with you. It looks pretty good. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes, but I mean, it's not going to be anywhere near the old ones. So, you got anything else on...
1: Underwater, USO wheel UFOs.
0: No, that's that's about all the research that I've done. Again we can uh, I can post or Jason can post a, a picture of the, the, the map that I have charted out for everybody to look at and I can leave this list of uh, occurrences that I found with Jason to post if, if he's up to it. Um, but that's all that I've been able to find. I mean, who knows? There could be hundreds of them, thousands of them, from across the world. I just found it interesting that the ones that I found were, like, relatively connected. It's it's
1: weird how only really a small percentage of those were actually under the water. Most of them were above the water, at least half. Yeah.
0: So they're not technically considered USOs, are they?
1: No, they were just witnessed while being on the water. So maybe you should, for the, the article for this month's or for November's ectophiles. See if there's any correlating above ground. Okay. Um, I, I mean, reach out to Josh. Ask him about his, too. Now, this was high in the sky in Iowa. And it was a wheel with spokes, and it was green, if I remember the details right.
0: Now, have you ever heard of anything uh, well, obviously everybody's heard of the ball lightning phenomenon and all that yeah. stuff. Um, have you ever heard of any? I don't water know how lightning? the
1: electrics would work underwater. Yeah, I just don't know enough about it. I don't think you would think that, they that would be, have be had... self-sustaining underwater. They would disperse way too easily, I would believe.
0: And that would have probably had a physical effect on the ship too, if the water was electrical. Well, charged. I
1: mean, if it if it touched it for sure. Yeah, especially well, the wooden ships maybe not. But the metal ships, I'm sure, would. The steel ships. Yeah. Unless the coating somehow blocks it. But I don't think that they're... They're not grounded as far as I know. But it would probably play with the electrics electronics on it. But... Anyway, so that's USO, UFO wheels out on the ocean.
0: Yeah, if anybody has any comments or... or- Anything to add? um, Please let me know because this subject fascinates me, and I want to know more about it. And if I got anything wrong, I apologize.
1: Don't apologize (laughs) on this show. You didn't get anything wrong because there's nothing to get wrong.
0: Like name wise and stuff like that. Oh, screw that.
1: All right. Well, thanks for listening and tuning into the ectoplasm show. I hope you. are patient with our relaunch and you're enjoying all the content we're getting out recently, even if it's not good old Josh and me. Larry's doing a great job filling in at the moment. Brad filled in over the weekend. I hope that you liked the On the Road with Ecto episode with Brad. Go to ectoplasmshow.com. Check out podbelly.com. Call or text at 913-730-7255. And I want to end this episode with saying that I wanted to say something about a friend of mine well a friend of the shows one of I can't, I, I believe <laughs> I feel bad because I don't know if he was there but Shaggy who is a good friend of the show and I talked to personally outside of the show just had a very close friend and team member and a long time, long time friend of his pass away. And I just want to say my condolences to Shaggy and Huck's family and what they're all going through. I'm I don't want to go into too much detail, but his wife almost passed away at the same time but she pulled through so that's at least some good news so if you know shaggy reach out to him you know check in on him see how he's doing and give his your condolences on the passing of his good friend who i'm pretty sure that whole night is a blur they drove up to malvern manor and i drove up and spent a few hours and then i drove back i'm pretty sure huck was there and i'm sorry shaggy i just it was a long time ago and i and i don't even think about the past so anyways yeah reach out to them go check out shaggy's content online they're the paranormal you know what i'm this moonshine's getting to me (laughs) i should have done this at the beginning of the show when i wasn't drinking the paraholics i can't believe i completely forgot about that i wasn't planning on doing this or i would have had the information in front of me so they wouldn't have made the mistake but yeah reach out to them and hold your babies tight you got any
0: closing words larry uh yeah i actually i uh topic for the next time i'm on i would like to get people's ideas of i have a couple of uh topics I've been looking into what they would be interested in hearing more about. Okay. What are those? Moon shadows?
1: Moon shadows. Um or give a little give a little not not they'll go into it, but what is a moon shadow? Like is it a shadow cast by the moon that you don't see the source of?
0: Shadows on oh, the moon. Shadows on the moon. We saw witness. some of that. Yeah. 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 All right. Or Mirage Cities in the Sky. Ah, nice one. Those are two things that fascinate me yeah. and I, have a, I have quite a bit of research on.
1: Why don't we do both, but which one do you listeners want to hear next? All right, well, that's it. <laughs> Go to ectoplasmshow.com, reach out on all our social media, follow us, be a patron, sign up now so that you can get that first newsletter. It's eight bucks a month. We'd really appreciate it. Do it.